Hear the word of our Lord from Proverbs chapter 5, beginning in the seventh verse. And now, O sons, listen to me, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the merciless, lest strangers take their fill of your strength and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. And at the end of your life you groan when your flesh and body are consumed and you say, How I hated discipline, and my heart despised reproof. I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instructors. I am at the brink of utter ruin in the assembled congregation. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. If I ran a poll, some big scientific poll for every single man on the planet, asking what is the most besetting sin, the most prevalent sin among young men today, I guarantee you the number one spot would be pornography. And it would not matter whether these young men are Christian or non-believers or whatever religion that they have, we've got a porn problem. We have a massive, worldwide, gigantic porn problem, don't we? Porn is free on the internet. What used to require people to go into, well, less than esteemed establishments in the cover of night so nobody saw them in order to view, well, now it's, it's at the palm of your hand, it's in your smartphone, it's over the internet, it is 100% free supposedly. Lord knows it's not free. There's something that somebody wants and they're getting it whenever you watch porn. We understand this. They have ulterior motives. But we have a porn problem. Everybody has a porn problem right now. And no, it is not just a male problem. It is also a female problem. There are more and more women watching pornography. We understand that. The statistics bear it out. About half as many women as men are watching pornography on the regular, at least monthly, right? But it is less of a problem for women because women, by and large, in the United States and in the West are having sex more than men. Their chief sexual sin is fornication. And I know, I know, somebody will say, oh, that's ridiculous. It takes two. Why would you say women are having uh, more fornication events than men when it takes two to tango? Well, the problem is the Pareto principle. We look at OkCupid, we look at the statistics where 80% of the women are chasing after 20% of the guys. Do the math. One man ends up betting a bunch of different women in sinful environments and there are a lot of guys left behind. But society has decided, well, that's okay, we're just going to have free online legal pornography to prevent anybody from rising up and fixing this situation. You see, the sexual revolution meant that women were going to be, well, more available to men. The pill made sex more consequence-free for them, or so they thought. And a lot of guys get left behind in that. Herb, the schlubby car salesman, doesn't have great prospects, at least not the way Bill, the former football player turned executive, has. 
oh, that man has plenty of female suitresses or suitors going after him. And a lot of the times they're willing to share. They'll never admit that, but he's sleeping with a lot of chicks and everybody knows it and nobody seems to mind. After all, John F. Kennedy, serial adulterer, mass fornicator, man who died in severe impenitent sin for his mechanical requirement of sleeping with a different woman every night, he is still remembered as a hero instead of the scuzziest slime ball to ever have occupied the Oval Office. Why? Because nobody really minds. Especially not the ladies who these days know about it and still remember him as a hero. I have heard many an older woman who was alive for Kennedy's presidency saying, my goodness, he was just the best. Of course, we are not talking about the normal woman in normal circumstances being willing to share a man that is high value. Of course not. Your average woman with some sort of moral fiber in her being is monogamous. Just in the same way your average man who has a moral fiber in his being is monogamous. However, we are not living in normal circumstances, are we? There are a lot of loose characters about and they don't mind sleeping around. They really don't. Even if they say they do, their behavior reveals their preferences. But I digress. It has always been the case that there is a mass of frustrated single men in society. And this is an issue that monogamy, marriage, is supposed to solve. A proper society solves the issue of single frustrated men with marriage. You help them get married through courtship, through towns and localities bringing singles together, through arranged marriages in some circles, and it usually works out to have a peaceful and mostly prosperous society. It starts with the family. That's not always the case, though. How have other societies in the past taken care of the single frustrated men problem? Oftentimes through war, you just send them off to war and make sure they die. There are various numbers out there regarding how many men reproduced and had children for how many women reproduced and had children. And it's typically a ratio of 1 to 17. For every one man that got to have a child, he was a father, there were 17 women that got to have a child and be a mother. The vast majority of men in history get the short end of the stick. And the typical way to solve that problem, if you have wicked and sinful rulers who care nothing for their citizens, it's to go to war. So if your men die off as grunts in some violent, bloody conflict, well, everything's copacetic, right? You reduce the number of males, the number of females is increased in the ratio of the population, and thus you are able to maintain a peaceful societal status quo. Let's say you can't do that. Let's say you are in the 21st century, where years and years of anti-war programming and the headache we have from the Vietnam War says that you can't just have a draft. 
you can't get all of your young men to go fight for you because they will probably revolt on account of not wanting to go to war, especially if it's pointless. And nobody wants to stomach the thought of fight for us or die or be put in the stocks forever. So we have selective service, but we're just not going to use it. Offloading your single frustrated young men to war isn't a solution. So what are some other solutions you could take here in the 21st century? Well, for one, you could dump your male population onto another country. Say, it's your problem now, buddy. I got a bunch of single fighting age young men that are frustrated with my culture, especially because, you know, maybe we have polygamy in my culture and I've, I've already got all the women. So we can't really do that whole, like, keeping these guys around. So uh, they're refugees now. And you're a bad country if you don't say refugees welcome. You should offer your women to them on a silver platter and call your own population racist. I think that's a great idea. Meanwhile, I'm going to sit on my oil fields and my billions of dollars and uh, enjoy. But that doesn't always work, especially if your country is supposed to be the prosperous one. If people don't want to leave your country because it's their ancestral home and they feel like there should be this little tiny thing called the social contract where they get something out of their services, their taxes, perhaps even their military service or their patriotism, there is the expectation that maybe it really is about what your country can do for you. So what do you do with your single young men in that situation? And you know you have to do something without giving them marriage. Because if you give them monogamous marriage and you set up society to do that, you have to undo the sexual revolution. You're looking at a workforce that's going to shrink and you might have to pay workers more. So how about we do this instead? How about deviant sexual identities? Ah, now there's the ticket. Let's get these guys all doing some really nasty, sinful stuff with others that aren't exactly women. <laughs> Let's have them doing things that destroy their body. Let's have them trying to look for an exit on the highway that isn't getting a wife and children. That way, maybe they'll just be happy with that plan B. Ah, now that could work, except, oh wait, you know... Most of them just aren't going to want that, are they? And a whole lot of them are going to find that gross. They're going to learn about these diseases. They're going to look at the body mutilation. And they're going to say, ooh, that's not a great idea. So most men aren't going to pick that up. Well, now things are getting desperate. you got to do something with your gigantic population of single, frustrated young men, right? Because single, frustrated young men, left unsatisfied, end up lashing out. They really do. And in a situation where more men are single than women, as we see with the Zoomer generation right now, two-thirds of their men are single, while only 30% of the Zoomer women are single. That's not good. We need to do something about this. And unfortunately, we can't offload them onto a more prosperous country because, well, we're the prosperous country, supposedly. And not all of them are going to take the bait for devious sexual identities. And not all of them are going to be able to be the Bill football player turned executive. Maybe we could dangle an Andrew Tate guy there to get them chasing tail. 
but that's just not gonna work for a whole lot of them, especially because we need them in the workforce, working 12 to 14 hours a day, making stuff for us, doing stuff for us, providing for the economy. And we can't, again, again, our leaders would stress, we can't just turn the clock back and start reinstituting marriage as the pillar and foundation of society. Oh, heavens no. We don't want to do that because then the feminists get angry. Then we have protests. Then we have all sorts of terrible things happening. This is going to be, ooh, this is going to be bad. And besides, you know, single women are great workers. They're very loyal and they stay in their position making us lots of money. Oh, I know, let's drug them. Let's put them on stuff like Adderall. Let's take boyhood and masculinity and single young men syndrome and just try to drug it away with psychiatrics. That way we can say, you're not frustrated and single. You're not angry that society isn't giving you a fulfilling life and we've made it exceedingly difficult for you to get it on your own initiative. My friend, you have ADHD, depression, anxiety. You have big depression. And you know what? We just need to pill that away, my friend, so you stop asking maybe if society should be improved somewhat for you. <laughs> oh, darn it. That's not working all the way, is it? <sighs> Some of these guys are doing mass shootings because the drugs interact weirdly with their brains. Oh, that's no good. Okay, so we can put some of them on drugs. We can get some of them on deviant sexual identities. We can push that one real hard. Um, you know, we can't get them all to leave the country, especially because we kind of need them doing stuff here for us. What are we going to do? Because otherwise these guys are going to start rising up, and that's going to be no good for us. And again, we don't want to turn back the clock. We don't want to give them what they should have because, well, that takes away from what we want. Ah. Okay, I got it. I got it. Let's give these guys porn. Oh my goodness, that works on so many levels. I can't send them to war. I can't get them all to do the stuff that would cancel out their uh, single young frustrated male syndrome. We need to get these guys looking at an addictive substitution so that they don't actually start chasing what they should have in the first place. Ah, we're getting somewhere now. Especially because it's going to stick with them even if they do get a girl. Which is great for us because that keeps them single, that keeps them buying stuff. If they end up divorced or breaking up with their girlfriends because they can't kick their porn habit, then that's great. That means that they're more effective consumers. They're not buying stuff for their families. They're buying stuff they don't need from us. Oh, that's, this is just great, guys. Okay, so let's make it free. Uh, some people just ain't gonna pay for porn. Some of them will, and we can make money off of that, but some of them just aren't going to, and they're not going to watch porn unless it's free. So let's make it free while we get ad revenue, so we're still making some money, recouping some of these losses, and let's make sure that it's everywhere. And we got to start them young, too. Get these kids online young, and if any state government wants to, like, have an age barrier or something like that, we'll either sue them or block the websites and get all of our little nice dopamine slaves going to war against that state government. We need men watching porn, and preferably the younger the better. Otherwise, I mean, they're not going to be as addicted to it, and 
They'll be better off fighting it if they're adults. We don't want that. So they need to be watching porn as kids, aren't they? Ah, okay. All right, let's wrap up this elite board meeting because if we can just get these guys all jerking it to porn, their dopamine receptors fried, they're going to stop feeling like they need something. And you know what? I bet you anything. Some of them aren't going to take the bait with real women. So we're going to have some help from the East here to have some cartoons that can help catch all the stragglers. And those guys are going to be single for way longer than the dudes watching real people porn. Because, I mean, let's face it, we're just going to rewire their sexuality so they can't get it up for real women anymore. All right. We are cooking with gas right now, aren't we? In this evil plot to destroy the vast majority of young men in the world. It'll solidify our power over people. It'll keep them doing what we want. And hey, there's that extra benefit. You know, kings of old used to just kill their single young frustrated men. But if we don't kill them and instead we get them addicted to porn, they keep contributing to our society. This way our democracy will work exactly as it should. Isn't that right? Do you guys see it? Even if there isn't some boardroom full of shadowy figures doing this, it most certainly is the intent. It is certainly the effect that the powers that be enjoy whenever people start watching porn. And they keep watching porn, and they don't stop watching porn. The purpose of porn is to make you a slave. And it is to get you to quit being yourself and start being a mindless consumer and masturbator. When somebody gets addicted to pornography, they are acquiescing to being an individual of little societal consequence. Because that's the consequence of it. It is designed to keep you from getting what you really want, which is wife, children, home, life. Pornography is the single most anti-sex thing in society right now because it functions as a means to keep men from getting wives, having lots of sex, and having children. Oh, it'll show you sex, but it is for the intent of keeping you from having it. And while we could all fantasize and say porn should be banned, the fact of the matter is pornography has the protection of federal governments just about everywhere. Men with guns and bombs are protecting these companies as they produce and seduce. We can only defeat it by freedom from it. And we will talk about that next week. How do you defeat pornography in your life? How do you make sure that the mentally castrating effects of pornography are out of you, extirpated, that you are cleansed from this? And how do you get others to quit as well so more men are liberated from this and the things that ought to be happening in this society start actually happening. But until then, our Lord bless you and keep you. Amen and amen.